Good afternoon. And how are you? Say blessed, because that's what we all are, God willing. Welcome to the uh, Anchored in Hope podcast. Again, we meet most Thursdays, the last two Thursdays. I haven't been here because I was on retreat and on vacation, remembering you all in my daily prayer and my holy hour and my masses. And so now I'm back and I'm excited to be back, refreshed a little bit anyway. <laughs> so I came back to a, a bunch of hornet's nests. It always happens. So, you know, like I say, you need a vacation from your vacation is what I need. So I'm just glad the way we work things here is that uh, we have uh, emailed questions that a lot of you have uh, sent. And if you're online live with us now, you can just put it in the chat here and I will answer as many questions as possible. So as far as I know, everything is working right. I'm off mute. That looks good. That looks good. So let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we love you, and we're so grateful that you would allow us to truly be your followers, to, to do and experience you as our holy God, who loves us and who gave your life for us. Jesus, Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may please you and we may do your will and we may bring your holy name glory. We beg you these things, Lord Jesus, in your most holy name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Again, welcome uh, with us today. Uh, I had a great I did a, my first, I did a retreat in Alhambra, California with the, at the Sacred Heart Retreat House with the Carmelite sisters who are very good, very loving, very joyful nuns. And so my first week was a five-day silent retreat. So um, I was silent most of it, except when sister wanted to talk or something, or if uh, I got to uh, have lunch with other priests there, I got to have lunch with the, the, the priest who took my place on EWTN. You know who's a Dominican, and he's a very nice guy. And I also got to have uh, uh, lunch there with uh, Father, who is in charge of Courage, the chaplain of Courage, and phenomenal guy. I drove him to the airport, and so it was a very good retreat for me. And then I did a, a men's retreat for about 50 men uh, at the retreat house, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then all last week, I was in San Diego, and... Uh, primarily went out to eat every day so it was like literally I fasted and prayed and uh, did everything until after my giving my retreat and then on Sunday afternoon until the following Sunday afternoon I ate three meals a day as I you know as most people do and I stayed away from ice cream and all that kind of stuff even though I was on vacation but I ate a lot of a lot of Mexican food and I love Mexican food, but there's a lot of carbs and a lot of Mexican food. So in seven days, I put nine pounds on. Can you imagine? Seven days, nine pounds. Ridiculous. So I'm back into my big fasting and everything now, but I sure enjoyed my time. I got to spend time with good friends. The auxiliary bishop down there is a great, great man. Got to spend time with him. He made a great uh, dinner one night, and then the rest of the time with my uh, friends and their families, it was... Uh, just very good. Uh, 
But then I came back, and uh, my dog has been limping, and I have uh, Rottweilers. And so the one who's going to be turning eight in a, a couple of weeks, uh, Mac, uh, I took him to the vet, and uh, he has cancer. He has bone cancer. So this is my third dog, uh, Rottweiler, that has bone cancer. So he doesn't have long for this world. But I says, I just went and bought him treats today. I says, he's getting every treat. He's getting everything he wanted. I said, he's going to have the happiest, happiest time while he's here, uh, however long he's going to be here. And uh, we got him some medication to make him comfortable and to uh, help him in the midst of that. But I was like, oh, I said, after this, I have one more dog, Rex, who's 11 and still as healthy as ever and doing real good. But I think this is the end of it for me and dogs. Um because I get too crazy uh, with that. But also I'm on the road and everything else, and it's hard for everybody else. I used to have people that would uh, watch my dogs all the time, but then they retired from that. And the, the priest, my new assistant, uh, will sit there and spend time with my dogs, and he really enjoys it, but uh, that's not his job either. So uh, so what are you going to do? It's going to be that stuff. But, boy, that took me down for a bit. And so now I just kind of, okay. God's in charge, ultimately, uh, no matter what. So uh, then I have one of our good parishioners, uh, longtime parishioners, passed away. And so it was all just all happening at the same time. But again, no matter how dark the darkness is, the light of Jesus is always stronger. And that's what we got to remember, and that's what we got to focus on, and that's what we got to always rejoice. The God, 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 God makes all things work together for good to those who love him and are called by his decrees. So no matter what, God has a plan and God makes it all work together for good. So we trust him no matter. Okay, so let's get right in here. I had had one of my old seminarians, I'm his spirits director. I just had to drop him off, right? So I just literally came in two minutes before this started. So I haven't looked at all the questions and that yet. But so we'll go here and we'll start online. Okay, finally, awesome, welcome back, thank you. Is this the time now of three permanent? No, it's not going to be permanent, we're going to move it to later, Um, but we uh, we just offered someone a job uh, today that's going to start doing this so uh, we can refigure and get the, 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 uh, it'll probably be at night. Uh, cause like right now there's only 46 people watching live. I think we get maybe a hundred on our big day because most people are working at this particular moment. So we'll do it one night a week. Or a, yeah, uh, that's what's going to be happening. So we can get more people that can participate in this live. So we'll be, uh, saying exactly when that is but again no matter what i do it's not going to make everybody happy but we want to be able to reach as many people live so that they can ask questions participate in this live and uh okay now we're 45 people we just need to get that number up uh so i encourage you if you uh like the stuff is give it a thumbs up and so the more that then we get out there and in many different ways on youtube and that so that would be helpful but yes it's coming it's coming so can you define dignity for us? I believe many people use the word incorrectly when discussing end-of-life issues. Well, when it comes especially end-of-life, dignity is that dignity is found in God, first of all, right? It's who we are in God. So 
it's to live his will completely and fully is to live a life of dignity. And so when we have someone who's dying, like often, I've dealt with this, you know, as a pastor for many years. There's some people that like to deal with these type issues uh, uh, in an idealist, the academic form. But we got to always think this is about people. This is about a person in front of me dying. And so what does dignity mean for them? It means that because they are in the image and likeness of God, that we can sit there and treat them as they're dying as Jesus. Huh? And so, as a, per, as a person who is Jesus, because Jesus Christ lives in, within them, if they're a Christian especially, and as someone who uh, Jesus says, whatever you do to the least of my brothers or sisters, you do unto me, we treat that person as Jesus. So, often people say, Father, what does that mean practically? Well, it means practically we're allowed to die naturally, right? So, However, like if I have cancer, I do not have to do extraordinary means to keep myself alive. I don't have to do any of the other stuff. Whatever it is, I can die naturally. Huh? Now, that doesn't mean you take away food from me and you take away water from me because that way I don't have dignity. I suffer terribly for the natural ways of life. So you need to be able to feed a person. You need to be able to give them uh, water. So water and food is something that is not extraordinary. But you are able to die normally. So when I'm going and talking to someone and they're suffering of cancer and they say, Father, I don't don't want to, uh, I don't want any more chemo. I don't want any more of this stuff. Am I allowed just to die? I go, of course. The most natural thing next to birth is dying, right? It just is. And so when God decides to call a person home, we need to let them go home. And so we do that because they have God inside of them and because they were created in the image and likeness of God. So that's how we treat them. Uh, We don't have to go crazy and extraordinary means, but we have to at least meet their basic needs so that they don't suffer. You know, if people say, no, let's just take away all kinds of uh, water or nourishment, It's a horrible way to die. So we want to give them the dignity of dying as a beloved son or daughter of the Father, someone who is in the person of Jesus. Okay? So hopefully, and again, there's many, much more to that, but that's where you want to get into real moral issues, like how does that always look? You got to talk to moral theologians, not a pastor. You know, as a pastor, I'm just trying to be there for people and help them to do God's will because ultimately everybody got to be a saint. The only thing that matters, period, is that you and I go to heaven, period. That's all that matters in the end. And we do that by doing God's holy will. So no matter what, we want to make sure we're doing God's will. Okay, hopefully that helps. Okay, Bruce here. I don't know why my glasses are having me problems today. I will be at the festival in October. Can't wait to come back to Erie from Charlotte for a few days. It'll be great to have you here, Bruce. Again, this uh, we've had people, it's coming up. It's less than, uh, I think, 30 days away before our Oktoberfest. So I encourage you. Uh, it's the first weekend of October, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it starts Friday night at 5 o'clock. We have fantastic German food, fantastic German beer, wine, um, 
dancing, singing, uh, bands, all kinds of great stuff. And we have, of course, our um, our uh, raffle that we have the Porsche this year, the 2021 Boxster Porsche, or $50,000. Uh, and again, you can get more information on all those things just by going to my parish website, which is St. Joe's B-O-L for Bread of Life, St. Joe's B-O-L dot org. St. Joe's, just S-T-J-O-E-S-B-O-L dot org. And as soon as you get up there, you'll see Oktoberfest. Click here for information. You'll see the Porsche. Click here to purchase tickets, all that kind of stuff. Our bulletin, everything's on there. Uh, it gives links to uh, where I'm speaking, when I'm going to be doing all that kind of stuff. Same thing with the foundation, but all that stuff. And it's a great way, like I say, when it comes to uh, purchasing car tickets, it's a donation to the parish is what it is. And the Lord might bless you for that donation with $50,000 or a Porsche, depending on what you decide. So again, uh, it helps tremendously. I was sitting there uh, saying today, okay, hopefully we want to sell all these tickets so that we uh, make money to uh, so we can continue doing what we do, you know. So because uh, we're a very small parish, I only have in my parish is I think is four hundred and two families. We're an inner city parish in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I've been there like I've said twenty years. Fantastic people there, uh, but again, you can only do so much. And our building's one hundred and fifty four hundred and our parish 154 years old. And so as an inner city parish, no one actually lives in my parish anymore. Well, few of them do, but not many because there's a hospital right across the street. So this is one of the ways we survive. Uh, every year is our Oktoberfest and our car raffles. So if you can help us out, that'd be fantastic. So again, just go to www.stjoesbol.com. Org. So and you want to come up and get the chance to meet me and have some great food. Uh, come that first weekend of October, less than 30 days away now. Ooh, maybe it's 31. I don't know. Anyway, so that'd be great. Make sure you say hi again, Bruce. Okay. Which Bible commentary would you recommend for someone wishing to daily Bible study? I have the Jerome's Bible uh, biblical commentary, but I must admit, though, in depth, it can be quite heady to read. Let me tell you what I do. Uh, I love, it's called, I have an, um, an app here that I go to almost every day, and it's just called the Bible app. And um, it looks just like, it says Holy Bible on it. If you go on uh, to your, um, you know, Facebook, I mean, your Apple or whatever, that's on both things. And it's Holy Bible, you version, and they have lots of Bible studies. Some of them are Protestant, some of them are Catholic, but some of them are like, um, oh, like you want to sit there and say, like today's verse is, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And it has comparisons and different things. But here you can also have some plans here. So like I did the whole Bible in a year before Father Mike Smith did it. I did a Bible study plan, which was very good. And uh, there's so much here, it's just giving me problems here. It's, uh, 
why this is having any problems. I don't know. But anyway, it says plans. And you can usually hit plans. And on there, you can find out, like, if you're afraid, you can do a Bible study on fear. You can do a Bible study on the book of Colossians. You can do a Bible study on Mark. You can do, there's all kinds by many, many different people. And so there's daily things. But this is what, like, for our retreat program and that, too, I tell them, just download the Bible uh, and it's an unbelievable app. Usually it works pretty good for whatever reason. I'm having a problem here. Here you go. So here's the plans. And so it talks about popular topics. So gifting and growth, growing in community, come to your senses, common mistakes for new entrepreneurs, purpose, the cost of following, conscience, purpose, intimacy with God, 21 prayer challenge. There's a lot of stuff on here. Uh, that I do, you know, but you just got to watch because some of the stuff would be Protestant and you would have to make sure that it's not giving you a bad theology. But again, I do Protestant Bible studies too because sometimes they give you some very practical information. Um, but there's also Bible commentaries online you can get. Like again, when I'm preparing for a homily and I'm trying to figure something out, I also go, I don't know if it's, a, um, if it's an actual app, but I'll go to the Bible the Bible, let's see here, like, uh, let's say, like, I want to go to uh, John 3.16, and so I put John 3.16 in here, and I go to that, and then it's the, the one I go to every day for when I'm doing my, uh, my evening thing especially, is called the Bible, do, 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 the Bible Hub, and so BibleHub.com, and the good thing about the BibleHub.com is that it gives you, like, the New International Version, New Living Translation, English uh, Version, Barron Study Version, Barron Literal, King James Bible, King James Version, a New American Bible, New American Standard Bible, New American Standard Bible 1977. There's even the uh, uh, American Standard Bible. There's also the Dewey Rhymes Bible, you know, the old uh, Catholic one. And so it takes the same Bible verse and all these verses in all the different versions. And then at the bottom, there's commentary. So again, if I'm trying to figure out what is this, and it might give you five different commentaries on that one verse. And it gives you some quite some uh, interesting insights. Some you can dismiss because it's like, you know, too fundamental. But some are just very interesting. So that's what I do, just to give you a heads up. So the Bible app, or biblehub.com is things that'll give you some interesting things. I hope that helps. And again, I don't know what's wrong with my glasses, so we won't do that. Okay. How would you give hope to an 80-year-old non-practicing baptized male who is afraid to die? I would tell them about Jesus. I've been at deaths many times when people are dying, and I get them excited because I sit there, first of all, and I say, you're going to see Jesus soon. If you haven't seen him now, you know, even when people are dying, I'll lead them in a, uh, the sinner's prayer to give them some hope, meaning that, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that you are God, and I believe you died on the cross to take away my sins. Jesus, I'm sorry for all my sins, and I ask you to come into my heart and be my Lord and God and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And give me the gift of eternal life. And Jesus always answers that prayer. And so you got to make sure that you know Jesus first and that you're sharing not just hope of life eternal, 
but the intimacy that you know this Jesus and Jesus is waiting for this man. And that, uh, and you can do some things as simple as uh, say the Divine Mercy Chaplet for him or with him if they're ready for that. Because uh, Jesus promises that no one will ever go to hell who goes to his mercy and begs his mercy, especially at the hour of death. So for them to start learning that, to give them scripture verses on the hope of eternal life. He who believes in me, though he dies, shall live forever. Huh? There's great scriptures verses so they can cling to those things. You know, I often will give someone the brown scapular with the promise that whoever dies wearing the brown scapular will not suffer eternal damnation. And so I'll take it and I'll put the brown scapular over there and I wear a brown scapular all the time. So there's some very practical things. Uh, even if they don't believe they're grasping, and sometimes it's not, um, they don't believe, it's just they doubt, and everybody doubts. You know, when Jesus was confronted with death, he said, Father, let not this cup, let this cup pass me by, but not what I want, what you want. And so sometimes it's just knowing that Jesus struggled too in his humanity, and yet God was always faithful. And so those are some of the things I have done throughout the years that hopefully uh, has given people hope. I once had a woman, she had died, and I went uh, after she had died. I had talked to her the week before, and her son was there right before she died, and he says, uh, Mom, are you afraid to die? And she goes, no. And he goes, why? And he says, because Father Larry told me about Jesus, and I got to know him, and I don't have any fear." And again, what the greatest thing is, I think, to be able to focus, uh, face death with no fear. And so, but just pray for him because God can do great things with your prayers, especially the Divine Mercy Chaplet, especially put his name in there because of a sorrowful passion, have mercy on uh, my dad or on John or whatever and on the whole world, and God will do the rest. You don't have to be the Savior. Jesus already did that, so you just have to lead him to the Savior. Okay? So... Okay, what do you what do the twelve uh, stars above Mary's head at the ascension mean? The um, the 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 thing comes from the book of Revelation, and I really don't know uh, what they actually mean. That's again when you have to go to a Bible commentary and just you put that in under Catholic.com, and they'll help you a lot better than I could because anything I'd say would be uh, a guess, and I don't like to. Tell thing I like to tip, be honest with you if I'm guessing, and I would be guessing. So here we go. Patrick Durkin, who parked in my parking space at the church yesterday, he says, "Still sorry, but I still love you. I'll still beat you. I mean, that's all there is to it." But still, I, I was not in a good mood yesterday, and someone parked right in the thing, and I'm yelling, screaming, doing all this stuff because uh, I, you know, there was a bunch of stuff going on, and uh, again the. When it comes to my dogs, like when my first dog died, I cried harder at my dog's death than I cried at my dad's death. I know, I know, I, I know. But it's just, it really, my dogs, like my dogs are what got me through COVID and Jesus, of course, in my prayer life. But uh, like the, the priest lived with me then. I didn't see him like at a week at a time. And uh, I had to say mass alone and everything else. So the only thing I had during that time as a celibate male was my dogs. And so it's really, 
it really preoccupies me. I have to try to think of other things. You know? So it's just kind of like, so again, I was in there. I came back. I was surprised at something. I went crazy because everyone knows Father Larry hates surprises. You know, everybody knows that. And so I was surprised and I had no surprises and I get crazy. I mean, that's why I go see anger management because I, um, I don't think, you know, that's the whole thing. I just don't think. I just go into uh, craziness. But so, yes, but thanks, Patrick. I love you too, but you're still a pagan. Anyway, thank you. Tonight is your praise and worship tonight. Yes, it's tonight at 7 p.m. So at 7 p.m., those of you who are watching, uh, you can come back and on this same sta uh, the YouTube channel, I will be leading praise and worship in my parish at 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, and it's just a time of praise, worship. I'll give a talk on Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. And, uh, and then afterwards, I used to be videoed, but now we just uh, do, just for my parish, we have... Uh, Pints with Padres, because I have another uh, priest there with me now. He's a good man, young man. Um, uh, and so the only thing I ever ask for anybody that's going to be a priest with me is they're prayerful, and he is prayerful. He's still young. He has to grow like everybody else, like me too. But he's a man of prayer, and to me that's the most important thing. So, yes, tonight at 7 o'clock, be there, and we'll praise God together. So, thank you. I hope to be able to come up for Oktoberfest. We may not be able to do so. I know a lot of things. Like, again, I'm still going to uh, Italy, and there's still space there, but people are getting afraid. There's only 23 of us now, which is still enough. We're going over, um, but they're afraid with the COVID. So I'm going to get my a booster right before I go over. Two weeks before, I'm going to get my booster on my vaccine just to... Uh, make sure everything's fine but even like i was in california and you had to wear masks everywhere and again sometimes people say well, well you know well how, how do you do that and again it's in that i love the one church because it says if you're vaccinated we ask you to wear uh, a mask as an act of charity for other people and i thought it's a great way to do it uh, this isn't about me it's about others and so, but when we're going over, like I had no fear of course flying down to California and flying back and spending all those places. And, um, but again, I want to get the booster just before I go and uh, encourage anybody else going over. Uh, we have to, you have to be vaccinated because they won't let you in most of the stuff in Italy. But if you can get the booster, if it's been long enough, then I encourage you to even do that. So. Yes, but if everybody's kind of like getting nervous again, and we should be. I mean, I've had friends that have died with this second, this second wave and have got very, very sick. So uh, we want to keep everybody safe is always the whole thing. Okay. Again, the Bible app I call is just called the Bible app. Again, the, it's just uh, very, very simple. Just put the Bible app and you'll see it. The way you can tell is it says Holy Bible is its icon. It just says Holy Bible and you can download that. And again, I encourage everybody to do that. Okay. I came across a beautiful sung Islamic hymn, but after I discovered a translation, it didn't fit our faith. Can I listen to it for the sake of art? You could. Uh, like, again, sometimes I listen to secular music. Oh, please. 
I know, but some secular music I really like. You know, I'm not, uh, I usually listen to Christian music. I listen to a lot of classical music. Um, but even some of the classical music, you know, is pagan, but it's still beautiful to listen to his art. Yes, of course you can. Uh, and again, you're going to find people that say, Father Larry doesn't know what he's talking about. And again, do whatever, you know, but I'm just telling you, ask me, and this is what I would tell you, as I just did. Okay, it's good that you're here with us. Happy to be live. Love from UAE. It's good to have you. Mary, I'd share John 14 with the man who was afraid to die. Mom and I talked about the verse, and when Jesus didn't take her, I said, I guess Jesus doesn't have your room ready yet. He took her home August 24th. Well, there you go. In my father's house, the, the John 14 is my father's house, there are any mansions. It, many, many mansions. If it were not so, I would not tell you. Again, I just think that, that when people face death, they got to come to know Jesus, uh, who says, I am the resurrection, I am the life, you know. And I just think that the problem sometimes is we're not these joyful, resurrected people all of our life. So when people are dying, we, you know, they've been afraid of God their whole life. They've been told that uh, everything they do is wrong and they always feel guilty and they always feel afraid. But like I was talking to the men, I said, when there is fear, there is no love because love demands freedom if it's going to be love. And so when God tells us to love him above all things, then that got to be free choice, not fear. You know, again, perfect love casts out fear. But too many people only want to focus on the fear of God. And if that's what we teach people, again, I've talked to this before, but someone that worked for hospice emailed me and they just, they sent me a letter really. And they says, of all the people that uh, they've watched, you know, hundreds of people die and have been there, uh, hundreds of people's deaths. The ones that are most afraid to die are Catholics. And he just says, uh, just as an observation, the Catholics are most afraid to die. And I think the problem with that is because we focus on the negativity, especially nowadays. To be, some people think to be a good Catholic, you have to constantly be angry and constantly be afraid and constantly think God's going to come and judge the world. If Jesus comes tonight, if Jesus comes in the next hour, I'm not afraid. Nobody, nobody has ever loved me as much as Jesus has. And nobody has died to save me from my sins as Jesus Christ did. And so we got to start living that hope now. Because if we're not living this hope and this knowledge and this trust in the Lord, we will live in fear all the days of our life. And when a day comes that we die, we're going to be petrified that this God that I'm going to stand before on judgment might damn me forever. After all the things that Jesus said, even those of you who went to daily mass today, right? You remember the first reading of the mass? And I talked about this if you, if you watched the daily mass today. But again, uh, the eye missile, which is a thing I get for the daily mass stuff, and they have the reading. So, so the first reading today is from Colossians. And here, uh, just listen, that it talks about God has strengthened you with every power in accord with his glorious might for all endurance and patience. With joy, 
giving thanks to the Father who has made you, listen, he's already done it. He says, who has made you fit to share in the inheritance of the holy ones in light. He delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us, a done deal. He transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, we still have to cooperate. We still have the free will to say, I reject you, God, or I accept you, God. But if we give our lives over to Jesus and trust in him and seek his will, we can trust he's going to give us eternal life. We can trust that he who died for my sins can be trusted to take care of me forever. But if I don't trust him because I'm trying to earn heaven, it's Pelagianism, and you'll always be afraid. You will die fearful, but you don't have to be afraid. How many times did Jesus Christ say, be not afraid? So I just encourage you, if you're afraid of God now, you need to get to know him. You need to get to know him as he is, how he, as he is revealed in the scripture, especially the New Testament. Get to know the fullness. Don't take pics, uh, 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 little, because sometimes we'll take one verse and say, see that? And that ain't what I did there. I, I, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, John 3, 16, John 3, 17. God did not send his son in the world to condemn it, but to save it. Come on, I could do this all day. The scriptures are called the good news. We need to listen to the good news and we need to be good news. We need to have good news in our hearts. And like I tell people, if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, he died for you and you're going to live forever, tell your faces. Looks like this smile. <laughs> we should be the most joyful always. I'm not always that. I get it because we're also very human, but we're also got the divine living inside of us. So that's why it's a constant growing, growing, growing more into Jesus, more into love with Jesus. So I hope again, that helps. So, uh, my son just turned 18. Good luck. I have done everything I can to teach him our faith. However, my husband dislikes the Catholic Church and bashes it to my son. I have given up on my son because I have given up on my son because of this, and I just pray for him daily and show him love. Will I be judged for not leading my son to Christ? I just can't fight anymore. Thank you. Of course, it, first of all, your son's salvation is in the hands of God. Your job as his mother is to pray for him. But let me give you a little secret. I have never put anyone in the arms of our Blessed Mother who she has not got to the Father. She has not brought to Jesus. So you pray for your son. You say the Divine Mercy Chaplet. You put his name in there. You say the rosary. And again, if let's say your son's John, his name is John, I have no idea what it is. And you just say, because of, uh, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for John now and at the hour of his death. Amen. That is leading him to Jesus. You'll be judged as someone at everything in your power to lead your son to Jesus. So don't ever give up on your son. Never, 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 ever. Don't give up on your husband either. Ever, ever, ever. Don't give up. God can do great miracles. Okay? So, okay. 
Oh, Father, your message hit home at this moment, sitting with my husband in a doctor's office, waiting for a biopsy on his prostate, praying for God's will, and your words are encouraging. Again, no matter what, God always wins. Again, I've told you the story, well, I don't know if i uh, told it here, but one of my great friends was Sister Christine, who's a Carmelite nun, was a Carmelite nun, when the Carmelites were still in Erie. And you know, she used to be the extern, so she'd talk to us, and she'd talk to us behind a screen. Well, anyway, she wasn't feeling well, and she got, um, they sent her to the doctor, and the doctor did his, uh, you know, tests and everything, and they come out, and they found out, and he said to sister, he said, sister, I'm very sorry to tell you, you have very advanced cancer. And she starts smiling. <laughs> he goes, sister, I don't think you understand. You're going to die. And she says, oh, doctor, I don't think you understand. Either way, I win. If I live, I'm with Jesus. If I die, I'm with Jesus. Either way, I'm with Jesus. You see, this is the life that we're all called to live, to live a life with Jesus. Now, by God's grace, and we'll pray right now, all of us, that your husband does not have prostate cancer, and if he does, Prostate cancer is one of the most curable ones ever that he's completely healed by God. I encourage you, when they found on my lung that uh, I had a mass and it doubled in uh, four weeks, I just went and I went before Our Lady and I said that the, uh, the mini novena that Mother uh, Teresa of Calcutta, St. Mother Teresa, the great St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta used to do all the time, and it's just 10 memorares. You know, Memorare, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To you do I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Ten times. Nine in petition and the 10th one in thanksgiving that Our Lady and prayed for you and with you and she heard you and she's already got the request. So again, here I am. I went out before Our Lady after the, they told me this has grown, everything else. And then I got another thing to find out how big it was. And as I got done with that prayer, I went and I sat in my chair and my doctor called me jumping up and down. He's not a big jumper up and down. But say, Father, it's gone. There's nothing there. Do you got this? There's nothing there. There's nothing there. That's nothing there. That was nine years ago. There's still nothing there. So never despair. God always is holding you, but we pray that God would completely heal and let everything be completely fine and bring all of you such peace just to trust in God. But we agree together in Jesus' name for complete healing for your husband. Amen. Okay. So let's go on. Father Larry, I derive a lot of spiritual insight from reading Bible translations like the Dewey Reams. There you go. At the same time, it's not the easiest to understand when read aloud to my family. Should I live for others and choose an easier translation? What do you think, David? <laughs> yes. 
It doesn't, if you don't understand it, because again, that's why to use different translations is good. Even at the cost of my own spiritual understanding, you're, the word of God is the word of God, no matter what translation it comes from. So again, uh, like right now I'm trying to talk, you know, I have the CMCL, uh, Catholic Men's Leadership, and so I'm in, uh, the spirits director. So we're trying to get things going. So I want to put out just scripture verses with a question because uh, people like to put out very beautiful uh, reflections and questions and that. The problem is so I'd have to check all the theology. All the theology would have to be checked before we could do anything like that. So I just said, let's just put a simple thing out in a question and let the Holy Spirit stir up what's necessary inside the person's uh, heart and they go oh we can't of course we can do that so again so when it comes to this the spirit of the living god has great power so you want to stay with a translation of course that the catholic church okays so that means the new american bible for catholics i use the old new american bible for catholics which is from 1971 because i like the translation better i don't like the new one but again you can do it there's also the revised standard version you know ignatius press puts that out that's an also catholic okayed bible translation so it's you should be more concerned about bringing other people to christ than you are for yourself and then of course you're going to bring yourself deeper in the relationship. But when you're trying to figure out this is about me and what I get out of it, then don't even worry about teaching anybody else because they're not going to get anything out of it because it's about you. When you give away your life and you do what's good for others, and you wouldn't even ask this question if you didn't already have that in your heart. So, David, you know what you got to do. So do it. Okay. Let's wake Jim back and forth. I do it every single day. It's not that hard. <laughs> you can do it. Okay, let's go back here. Oh, Father Larry, welcome back. Can you please ex explain what Lectio Divina is and how it works? It's pretty simple. It's just reading the scripture and meditating on it. So, for instance, you go in uh, St. Uh, Ignatius of Loyola does a lot with this. But so let's say you go to the boat. And uh, you see you're in the middle of the storm and Jesus is asleep in the boat. So you read the scripture passage once, twice, three times, whatever, and you just enter into it. And then you close your eyes and you just imagine, what's it like? First of all, smell the sea around you in the salt water, if it's salt water or clean water. Smell the, the, the seaweed around you. Smell that all the guys around you too. No one wears deodorant in those days. So everybody has a B.O. smell. Smell the boat. See Jesus sleeping there. See the storm all around you. Enter into it. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? What is Jesus doing? How do you feel about Jesus who's sleeping there when you're afraid? Will you cry out with the rest of them, Lord, save us? Will you watch him calm the storm? Will uh, What's the storm in your life right now that Jesus has to calm? Give that to him. Say, Jesus, this is the storm in my life. I need you to say, be still about it. Take control over it. And so you do that and you just spend some time you can spend hours with a verse, but you do it with Jesus. You enter into the verse, read it again, slower, slower, then you enter into it, and it'll really transform you. That's what's supposed to happen when we say the rosary, that we enter into the mystery. We don't just say a bunch of words like pagans do. We enter into the mystery. It's like Mary takes us by the hand and says, look, I want you to see this with me.
Look at Jesus with me. Or when, again, you've heard me say it before, you're meditating on the birth of Jesus and Jesus is born, however he's born, and you're looking at Mary and she's holding Jesus in her arms and she sees you there and she says, hey, come here. Why don't you hold Jesus for a while? And then you take the God the universe cannot contain and you hold him in your arms and you meditate on that. What's it mean at this very moment to be holding on to Jesus, this child the universe cannot contain? And then you know every time you go to communion, you're really doing the same thing. You're holding Jesus in your hands, and you're bringing him in, just like Mary did. So you, that's what it's all the same thing, entering into this, becoming one with the Scripture. It transforms you. It's just one of the most powerful things we can do. Okay. Let's go on. Stylistic Scribe again, Hope to Die by Scott Hahn is a fabulous book about the Christian meaning of death and the resurrection of the body. It's very hopeful, very good. Father, please pray for all my family. You got it, and we'll all continue to pray. Okay, there ain't many questions here. It means we're going to end early if there's no more questions on there, but let me go here and see what's going on in this thing. I am in my 40s. My mother is 66. She recently moved out of her house and is living with me and my family. She is constantly starting fights with each of my family members. I do everything I can to be at peace, the peacemaker until the next blow up. Now it's my turn. She blew up at me. I remained calm and tried to talk to her, but she continued saying very hurtful things to me. I fled upstairs, locked myself in my room. This has been a lifelong occurrence. I feel helpless in this situation. I was hoping that over the years things would get better, but have gotten worse. I just don't know what to do anymore. My mother will not talk to me. I feel like a prisoner in my own home. Again, I think that what you need to do is you can still set up, like when you were a kid, your mother set up uh, rules for you. Even your parents, you can set up rules. You know, you can sit there and say, you will not talk to me or my family this way. Period. You're living in my house. If you don't like that mother dear, you can move somewhere else. You have that right. You are free. I love you enough. But it sounds to me like she's abusing you and abusing your family. You do not have to take that. Now, if you decide you will, then you can offer that up as uh, with Jesus. But Jesus chose to do that. I'd encourage you, especially if you have kids there, that you don't let her do that. Again, bullies are only bullies until you stand up to them. And then they stop being bullies. So again, I don't know this situation. I just know I just read this little piece here. It's hard to make a thing. But you can. She's 66 years old. She's living with you. So you can sit there and say, I love you and I want you to live with us. But you will not treat us like garbage. That's not what love is does and if you continue to, and i do the same thing i tell people if once their kids 18 you say the same thing they're not you're not there to take care of them all the days of their life now if your mother has psychological problems or anything else there's sometimes you have to deal with that kind of stuff because they can't do any better but it doesn't sound like she does here but you can set up rules and parameters and say we in this house this is what we do if you don't like that your mother you're old enough to make your own decisions you can live somewhere else but I'm not throwing you out. I'm just telling you, 
here, it isn't going to happen. And so, again, if she gets that way, sometimes to have, like, if a kid, I'd sit there and say, okay, you're going to take something away, but you can't do that with your mother, but there might be something that, uh, okay, mother, as soon as you start talking like that, any one of us are going to walk out of the room and you're going to be talking to yourself. Nobody's going to listen to you. You know, so there's lots of ways to do that. But I'd encourage you to talk to a priest who's there who can help you more in this. It's very hard for me to do this in two minutes and a situation I don't know complete uh, what's going on there. Okay? So let's see here. In today's Peter's gospel states, Lord, depart from me for I'm a sinner. Is that an act of humility? It sure is. And that's, I talked about that this morning. I spent time. He knew who he was. But what does Jesus say when he says, depart from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. What's the first words Jesus says back? Do not be afraid. Again, Peter wanted to focus on himself. Jesus wanted him to focus on him. Do not be afraid. I, Peter, have chosen you, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Whoa. So again, when we look at ourselves only, we stay, and I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a no good sinner. But when we look at Jesus, he says, don't be afraid. And that's why in our prayer, we got to always make sure we're listening and looking at Jesus, not looking at ourselves or listening to our thoughts. Okay? So, Okay, Father, scroll up to my question if you want. I must have missed it there. Let's go, Durang. Christ rescued me through the death of my dog. No. Well, there you go. But what's the question? Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. When we say, depart from me, Lord, I am a sinner. When you start feeling unworthy for hours, days, weeks, how do you put all that out? Again, good. The way we go do that is we come back to looking at Jesus and not ourselves. You know, again, I get so discouraged when I look at myself. You know, I have issues, as we all know, and everybody likes to remind me, and I remind myself every day. But when I'm in prayer, that's what brings me back up because then I look at Jesus. And again, I've said to, again and again, these, uh, for whatever reason, I keep bringing it back up. I have never in all my years of praying ever had God put me down in all my years of praying he has given me hope he's always lifted me up he's always forgiven me he's always loved me always there is not one time all my years of praying all my hours of praying all my retreats where he was anything but love to me now sometimes he's kicked my butt from one side of the chapel to the other from the chapel because I would say something stupid, but it's because he loves me. Whom I love, I chastise, but it doesn't mean he's out to get me. Like again, if my mother or father, when I was young, if they punished me because I did something bad, it was to make me holy or make me good, right? And so the God does the same thing, but he doesn't do anything to hurt me. He does things to make me holy, but it's all done out of love, everything. Even when Jesus was hard with the Pharisees, he wanted them to convert and come to the knowledge of truth that they can't save themselves. They need him. And so if we look at Jesus, we do not have to be afraid. If we look at ourselves, we'll always be afraid. And the devil keeps you focused on yourself and your past. You tell the devil to go to hell. Tell the devil to go to hell. You're allowed to do that. 
You look at Jesus and you look at the future. Don't look at yourself. Don't look at your past. As I said a thousand times to the guys when I was doing a retreat this past weekend, and I've said it here many times, God knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. The devil knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. How do you call you? Do you call yourself by what the devil calls you, or do you call yourself what God calls you, a beloved son or beloved daughter by name? Fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Isaiah 43, powerful verse. So I encourage you, focus on Jesus, not yourself. Great things can happen. Okay, here, Kevin. It's my 49th birthday, 8, 31, 21. There you go. That was just uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, three days ago. Like many birthdays, mom and dad stopped passing over the blessing with blessings. At the end of the visit, my mother was talking poorly about our Pope. Of course, I was defending our Holy Father. Good job, Kevin. <laughs> and things were said, and mom stormed out the door. What can I do differently in the future so things don't get heated up so quickly? <sighs> Again, what I say to everybody is just may God judge you the way you judge the Holy Father. That's all, period. Don't say anything else. May God judge you the way you judge the Holy Father because that's what Jesus says, right? The way we measure, God will measure back to us. So that's what I say, and don't fight about it. It's okay. You know, again, when people say those nasty things to me, I say, may God judge you the way you just judged me. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I ain't gonna argue with you. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. So that's what I'd do, <laughs> even with your mother. But happy birthday, Kevin. God bless you. And again, most people that go against the Holy Father have no idea what he said. They're listening to other people talk and snippets. Always go to the source, read everything, and that's where you'll get. Okay, when is a new book coming out? I don't know. I got a lot done with it this past two weeks, but I'm not done yet. Sorry. Ah, don't even ask. <laughs> okay. What guidance do you have for teaching high school religious ed class? Invite them to Jesus, not just the rules of the church. Teaching kids, need, we have to meet them where they are. And what's the greatest need of these kids? They need to be loved. So that's where God wants to meet them. And as you're as the instrument of God to teach in religious ed, you talk to them about the love of God and teach them how to experience that. So teach them how to pray, how to shut up, how to listen, how to read scriptures. It can be fantastic. Okay. What are we to learn from the time Jesus was 12 and his parents looked three days before finding him in the temple? That <laughs> Jesus needed a beating? No, I have no idea. I just think often that uh, 12-year-olds in those days could be married. So it isn't like we think a 12-year-old today. When he was doing, doing his father's thing, like, can you imagine for poor Joseph and Mary, they lost, they had one purpose in life to take care of Jesus and they lost him. I often think, and then when he says, you know, I had to be about my father's business while well, Joseph was right there, I'd encourage you to, there's a lot in that story, to go and to do some commentaries on that and you'll get some great insights, you know, but it's, uh, it's not like he was a 12-year-old today. It was a much dear, a bigger thing in those days for a 12-year-old. And it's very theologically um, rich. So I encourage you to look at a couple uh, scriptures on that, uh, commentaries, and you're going to find some stuff. Kara, would you pray for me? We'll all be praying for you. 
I haven't felt well. Okay, spiritual welfare, uh, warfare, if it's amidst it, you take control over it, bind, rebuke Satan, cast him before Jesus Christ, and ask Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you to take full control and set up lordship in you because he lives inside of you and he's always stronger. Marianne, have you watched The Chosen? I do. I love... Uh, I love The Chosen, but I get very emotional, so I, I have to be ready to, to watch that, especially as I just, no, I can't even get into it. It gets me very emotional, and I don't like it. And I see you're coming to, to Italy with us. It'll be good to have you. I married this Marianne to her husband many, many, many years ago, over 32 years, I think it is. Ugh, how does this happen? Okay. Uh, the past two Thursdays, I'm glad you had time off. It's been a while since someone asked about clapping in church. Why isn't it allowed? Uh, because it can be disrespectful. People clap at my church for certain things. It's not supposed to be because it's not a, uh, uh, we're not watching performance. We're worshiping God. But sometimes I give it up for God, you know, and we're giving it to God. It's another way of worship. But it's not, you know, we're not looking to applaud people. But like Pope Benedict talked about that a lot, but Pope Benedict got applause every time he walked into a building, period. I was there, you know, so it wasn't. But even that, we're supposed to be focusing God, not on the person, but sometimes we don't even give glory to God by clapping. But it's not supposed to be. We're not taking, especially the Mass, it's not supposed to be. But anyway, okay. Do, what do you think the updated creed, one that proclaims the true presence in the Eucharist, would that be beneficial? I don't think we can update. The creed is something very ancient. Uh, and so I wouldn't update the creed because it's already part of our teaching, the fullness of the Eucharistic teaching. But uh, I wouldn't upgrade. The, and again, who am I? If the Pope decided to upgrade the creed, I'd be really into it and on it. Uh, but whatever the church, not just the Pope, whatever the church decides together. But we do need to have a great... Uh, focus on catechesis, but before even we can catechize, we've got to evangelize. Sometimes we have a lot of catechized people there. They know a lot about the faith, but they don't know Jesus. Sometimes we have Jesus who have never been catechized about what all that means. So we always need to have both, not either or, but both and, okay? I love the chosen so much. Okay, what do you think of the faith explained with Carol Clark on Relevant Radio? I don't, I, I don't listen to Relevant. It's not in our area. I have been loving the app called the God, the God Minute. Thought everyone might like that too. Very good. Uh, da, ba, da, ba, da. Last one here. I've chosen. I've loved it. Yeah, I cry almost every episode. See that. And you're a woman. It's not good when I'm crying. It's okay when you're crying. That's very sexist. I get it. I just have never been good with emotions. And so when, when something uh, gets me emotional, I get a little crazy. So I answered all those. And the last thing right here is... Uh, I need you to tell me, obviously, a priest. I'll have to answer that next week because I don't have time to answer that now, but we'll get to it. So, again, I ask you to pray for me. Pray for where we're going. Pray for uh, my parish. Pray for uh, that I always do God's will and I stay faithful to him. And I'm praying for you. And thank you for being and watching with us this day. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.